Hey everybody, welcome to Mouths of the Merrimack. I'm Captain Chris Velasquez here with Dan Daddy. And today, guys, we're just going to take some time and kind of hang out and stop where we are. There's no guest. We're about a month or so into our Mouths of the Merrimack adventure, and there's a lot going on. Yeah, first of all, we want to thank each and every one of you guys that have subscribed to the, uh, to the website, um, who have liked us on social media, who have shared our content. Uh, thank you very much for that. Yeah, it's been a huge help, and it's been great meeting people, like at some of the events we've been doing the last couple months. Uh, we just finished up our first event that we hosted, uh, the fishing, the Newburyport Fishing Fair. Um, it was kind of a recast of the old Captain's uh, Flea Market that Newburyport used to have. And, uh, yeah, they weren't doing it this year. We asked them if they minded, and I think it went really smooth. We had a new venue. We had probably... Uh, 36 tables and a lot of people showing up. Yeah, the Newport Senior Center. They were they were very nice to uh, they were nice enough to accommodate us, and I think overall everything went really really smoothly. Um, everyone seemed to be having a great time. I know I certainly did. Uh, from you know putting everything together, taking everything down. There were people that stayed afterwards and helped us out, and we appreciate that very much. Um, so thank you there. Um, there was great attendance. We had about 200 people come through and buy some stuff, and there were some great deals. I made some purchases myself. Um, yeah, it was good stuff. I tell you, some people walked out of there, crushed the raffle. A couple guys won it twice. It always seems to happen. Yeah, I know. well, the raffle prizes were awesome. I mean, that Torium setup, the, the 16HG, um, that was, <laughs> you know, on that Daiwa. What was that? What, what was that, Rod? Daiwa Harrier. Daiwa Harrier. Yeah, I was eyeing it all day. I'm like, man, I wish I could just take this thing home. I know. I found myself every time when I was walking around, you know, trying to put out fires. Actually, there was no fires to put out this time around. I remember... You know, when I used to be the um, the president of the Charter Boat Captains Association, so I had a couple of years of experience of running this thing, and it was actually like a team of like three or four of us, and there was always something going on. But this year, maybe I don't know, maybe it was because I'd run it before, and a lot of the vendors had been there before, so they kind of knew the drill. And, you know, we were in and out, cleaned up great, uh, met a lot of people. I know my mother probably had the score of the century. My mother went around. So, guys, this is the kind of life I live, right? My mom had to come down, and I had her run my table for me because I was, you know, helping out with Miles of the Merrimack, and I also wanted to sell some stuff too. And uh, so about halfway through the show, I walk by my table. She goes, Chris, Chris, I think I got a good deal. Do you? Do you <laughs> I think we needed one of these, your father and I. So she's holding up a braid harness. And I'm like, oh, wow, a Bray Power Play Harness. What are those retail for? Like $200? She got it for 25 bucks. Oh, man, that's a deal. I got to give props to my mom for getting the yeah, getting the discount and getting like really high-quality equipment that she knew that she needed. Like, yeah, I also, I also have to thank her. She, um, she sold everything that I, I put on the table as well. Yeah, you cleaned you know, up. Yeah, definitely. Had a, had a bent butt rod and uh, also had a um, Shimano Bait Runner, the 4500 that went out. And um, a couple other rods, too. Yeah, this is good. Um, yeah. Priced everything accordingly, of course, you know. <laughs> priced it, priced the sell. Actually, I'm not going to lie. Yours are probably a little expensive, and people kind of grab them. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's supply and demand. <laughs> <laughs> Told you that bait runner would go. Actually, I think uh, Danny Farmer got you bait runner, yep, right? Yep. One of our members? Yep, he did. He did. And he's lucky because that thing was very well taken care of. So. so one of our members, and we just met him at the show for the first time. Danny Farmer has been doing a great job on the forums. And he came to like, help us break down. And he he actually won two raffles. He bought Dan's old bait runner. He said he had a great day. So that was really good uh, seeing one of our members getting in there and getting lucky on the raffle and things like that yeah that was that was awesome but you know like on the whole though the day what i liked is just being around like-minded individuals talking about fishing 
you know, really got the juices flowing going into the season. And I know we've been haddock fishing for a few weeks now, but even so, you know, once the bass really start running, I feel like then that's when, that's, that's when the season opens up. So it was great to be, uh, you know, just a part of it and, um, get to meet some new faces and talk about fishing and, you know, um, everyone really is just like, everyone was so happy. It really did have that really big positive vibe. Like everybody was really chill. Uh, lots of laughs, got to meet a lot of people, a lot of people asking about what we're doing, talking about the podcast, but people talking to me about their new boats, their new equipment, Mm -hmm. you know, they're moving around, uh, fishing different areas. We met a lot of people that were new to the area looking for some tips and trips and charters and things like that. Yeah. I'm surprised (laughs) with how many people uh, that were new to the area that we were talking to, you know, just kind of getting into the fishery and, um, you know, getting out there and making it happen. I thought that was really cool. Well, yeah, I know, especially with the numbers going up the last few years with COVID, it seems like everybody had a fishing rod, and it's great. It's a great thing to have. When you get all these people kind of going towards the same goal, and you can kind of see it like in some of the things that are going around nowadays when it comes to some of the regulation stuff, people are kind of banding together a little bit more. They're understanding a little bit more. They're caring a little bit more. Definitely. And before I forget, Chris, I definitely want to uh, give a special thank you to Surfland bait and tackle for donating that awesome package that they put together what was it some danko pliers it was a uh yeah they had a pliers they had a pen uh conventional combo hat uh tube and worm um they had a face shield a couple other little things too but you know Surfland again we have some great shops that have been reaching out and um giving us some things to give out to you guys in Surfland that was awesome we appreciate it you know the girls Martha and Liz there uh, Christ they brought their whole shop did you see their booth yeah at the that show? Was, they definitely had it going on yeah I know I know Hudson's was next to us we I just talked to Steve today they were really happy with it they did well and I can't believe that Danny Palmer picked up those uh Grundon boots for the size 12s the high ones for 50 bucks it's like are you kidding me i saw people walking out with like grunden's jackets i got for like 15 dollars just like oh man but the venue was really good because that was our first time at the newburyport senior citizen center too and it was it was a cool shape everything fit i mean that was the most tables i think we've ever had at the flea market mm-hmm. I, I remember in 2019 i think we had 28 so being able to fit 36 in there comfortably and it, it didn't feel tight packed at all and there was a good amount of people like you said we had over 200 people coming through the doors yeah and i like that we had the projector going on the big screen with a nice slideshow um you know if you guys want you can actually absolutely send in some photos for next year's show we can we can get a little bit more oh we, that's we had about 100 photos in that slideshow yeah something like that i had to go on everyone's facebook page and pull them off a couple <laughs> weeks ago <laughs> that's awesome but um yeah, it was just a great event. It was a really great time, great great venue, and just hoping we can continue to expand and do more things like this um, over the winter and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks again to the vendors, and thank you to everyone that came. Um, so Chris, let's uh, let's switch it up and talk a little bit of a, a little bit about fishing. What do you say? Yeah, yeah, we have, we're gonna talk about it because we've actually been going now. This is our yeah. first podcast. I think we've actually been fishing this year. Yeah, I mean, haddock season was in full swing. We made it out on April first, right? It was April. Uh, oh, it was the second, four, second or third, right? It was, third. it was that weekend. It was a Sunday, April first, Sunday. Yep. That was. We got a five man limit that day, and we went back out again this uh, just a few days ago here. Uh, no, yesterday. Yesterday, it was. Yeah. It feels like a few days yeah, ago. I, I slept twice. I fell asleep at six. <laughs> woke up at 11 and fell asleep back at two in the morning <laughs> i mean i don't know what it is about haddock fishing it doesn't seem like too too much work when you're doing it but as soon as you start to come in 
it's just like, oh, wow, I'm really tired right now. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's why I love going with you guys. Justin cut all the fish. You and Fallon drove the boat. The autopilot took care of itself. Yeah, contributing member Justin Oser. He really, that kid can fillet a fish. Oh, my God. So we made a video with Justin uh, filleting a fish. And it's really important because Justin, nobody has probably filleted more fish from the ages of 15 to 22 or whatever than Justin has. Uh, working on the party boats, he does a great job. Yeah, He's and this fast last and clean. On this last trip, he filleted 60 haddock and probably about 30 redfish, would you say? Yeah. A couple of cusk. Yeah. And um, I was packing mine up when I got home, and there was not a single bone to be found in the fillet. And can we also, we got to give him shot, props for how good he is at this. So Justin cut fish only on the way home on the back of a center console coming in from Jeffrey's. So he stood there with the table underway. We were going 28 the whole way in, and... Uh, he was able to get it done. There was not one hole in a fillet, not one, not one bone. Kid's incredible. Yeah, that was that was awesome. And he got it all done by the time we got in the mouth. He just said we had to slow down to do some reds. That was it. So the funny thing about yesterday's trip was, you know, the night before, everyone wear your long johns, wear your gloves, bring your hats, bring whatever you can. You bundle up, boys. It's gonna be a really cold one. And it was cold on the way to the on the way down to the boat launch. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm doing this right I, now. But. I, I woke up, and I'm glad we did the later start at 7.30, yes. because I woke up around, I don't know, quarter of six, and I went outside just to get a feel for it, and I was like, oh, boy. It's <laughs> <laughs> your breath. Yeah, it was like 28 degrees, but it was a cold 28 degrees. So, it was the wind, and yeah. it was just, oh, it was icy. Yeah, but knowing that it was going to be cold the night before, and being in a center console boat, you know, that wind chill, is, it's, it's the real deal. I uh, said to Chris, I was like, hey, Chris, why don't you throw the beanbag on the boat, huh? Yeah, Dan had a nice ride out on the bow. He kept the bow down in the beanbag, out of the wind. We didn't get sprayed at all. It was a beautiful yeah, ride there was out. A, Well, actually, well, there was like a half hour, um, half a mile left on the ride in, and there was a little spray that got me. And I was like, really? Oh, uh, once you got that little curl from coming back into the mouth. Yeah. But all in all, like the weather, what we expected to be just a freezing cold day, it ended up being about like high 40s out there. And uh, the ocean laid down. To, it was like a lake. It was flat as can be, almost like a mirror. Um, and it was a banner day. Yeah, it didn't really start off that way, though. And it's kind of funny. I'm, I, As we were sitting there the night before, you know, it's our second trip of the year. We limited out. We crushed it the first time. And, um, and the first time, even though it was good, it was a steady pick the whole time. It wasn't really like one fast hour of action. It was just kind of every drift, we we do a drift for like 20 minutes, half hour, and get a limit or like a one-man limit of 15 Mm -hmm. or so, 12, and then just kind of keep doing that. But then yesterday, um, just kind of the way the weather pattern was going over the weekend leading up to it, I was kind of not feeling that we were going to do as well as we had hoped, at least at the beginning. I think I even sent you guys a text. Uh, the plan was we were actually going to do something a little bit different. We'll talk about this more at a later date, but um, we were going to go out and try to do it with just jigs. Now, you can catch haddock on jigs. It's a big thing to do in shallower water spots like down in Stellwagen and 100 feet, um, and you can do it up here. But, you know, you had the clams and everything. Usually that's just kind of easy and a go-to. So, yeah, it's uh, in the words of John Parkhurst, he said it while we were out there. He was on his boat, and he says, he says, you want to try to trick the fish into taking your bait, or do you want to just feed the fish? Good call. <laughs> I think I did want to trick them, though. I yeah. did want to trick absolutely. them. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially when you have a setup like having the Cape Cod slow pitch jig and rod from Black Hole. Yeah. Like when you're, you know, slow pitch jigs, here it is, it's this teeny tiny rod that can handle up to a, a six to eight ounce lure um, to send down there and jig with. 
uh, it's like it's like super super light tackle. So no matter what you hook on the thing, it's 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 a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, we had that cold front coming in over the weekend. The wind was blowing harder than out northwest, and you know usually when you have that pattern, the bite for whatever you're fishing for kind of shuts down. Mm-hmm. It definitely slows down. Those are those days where there's not a cloud in the sky. It's bright and sunny. It's a little bit chillier, a little windy. Wind coming out of the north northwest, and that's kind of a fish killer. That's kind of a fish killer. Um, that shuts off a bite quick. And it was blowing pretty hard for two days leading up to it. It was pretty rough. And then I saw the weather with the north wind and thinking of that, I'm like, hmm, I don't think it's going to be a jig bite. And I don't think we we're going to get them as shallow as we were a couple weeks ago. But the good thing we had going for us is that we were pre-storm. We had a big storm coming through today. Well, not a storm, but high winds and a little bit of rain. But So I was hoping they put the feedback on. And it's just one of those trips where adjustments had to be made. You know, we started off, we tried one spot, one or two spots real quick that looked good on a chart. And we got a couple haddock. I wonder if at that time when you and I were jigging, like Mm -hmm. I remember Mike saying we had three haddock after like, I don't know, 20 minutes. And we were like, oh, we should move. And then Mike's like saying, yeah, those are all on on bait. If you guys, you know, I think we had four. Yeah. He's like, yeah, if if we all had bait, you know, that might have been eight. You know, might have doubled. We might be thinking about it a little bit differently. So that was just kind of one thing. Yeah, we were in about what? What was it? 180 feet when we started. 100, 150 feet. Yeah, we were in about 160. 160. Yeah, 160 okay. to 170. And then we got a couple. It wasn't great. We were also on a slack tide. For those of you out there, slack tide for haddock fishing is a lot like stripers. It kind of slows down a little bit. I like the water moving. Um, actually, at the end of the day, that water was cranking. Mm-hmm. I never. I've at the end of the day, and we'll talk, get into this later, we were spot locked, and I'm, I'm like, are we moving? Because the current was running so hard next to the boat, it looked <laughs> like the the boat was creeping forward. Um, yeah, so we moved around a couple times, and uh, we had a, we were gonna go kind of where we were a few weeks ago, and John was there. You guys know John Parker, so he's been on here. He's part of the Muslim Merrimack, and uh, he called us in. He said he was on some marks, and as we pulled up, he was getting some good fish. And we got in the drift, and it still wasn't amazing. We were watching him kind of ahead of us pick away at him pretty good. Mm -hmm. And we did one long drift. And during that drift, we had one little spot where we had a couple doubles, and I think we probably put six in the boat real quick, and we marked it. And here's where the change came. So John moved off, and we had that drift to ourselves. He was kind of coming parallel to us a little bit, a little bit higher, a little bit shallower. So we went back to our numbers, and at that point, and it wasn't even a fast drift. It was just that it was that type of day where they were all kind of locally stationed, and we knew if we found them, we had to get them because it probably wasn't the best conditions for them to bite. So, and actually, I was going to do it, but it was actually Justin's idea. He's right away because he's got the spot lock on his uh, mm-hmm. on his kayak. He goes, oh, come back on it and spot lock on it. So we came over with the trolling motor, and we were able to press a button. Goes at this right point, there. we were at 200 feet, right? We were at 205. 205. Yeah, so we stopped in 205. So, again, a little bit deeper than what we originally planned. And then we sent the lines over, and then it was just a fish elevator for, like, five minutes. And I got one on the jig, but the ratio was, like, four to one, four, five to one at this point. And yeah. 
And usually when things are biting pretty good, that's when I try things. But we wanted to get a bunch of meat in the boat. So me and Dan switched over to clam and squid. Yep. And then for the next hour, we just hammered fish. I do have to say, I had, a, I had a double treat on this trip because I brought the two setups with me. Yeah. Uh, one of them was obviously the slow pitch setup. And then the other one was a brand new, brand new rod that I have. And um, I guess I'll talk about that for a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was an awesome ride. So I, uh, you know, I had been looking into, you know, getting more into haddock fishing. It's like I have a couple of uh, TFOC hunters, great, great rods. Um, but I'm always looking for something local, something, um, you know, something a little more homegrown, so to speak. And um, our friends on the Lady Rebe- Rebecca, um, Joel Letourneau and Harry Stearns, Harry actually makes custom rods. Um and talking to them the other day, they're creating a company called Ledge Life Tackle. And um, I purchased two Ledge Life ground fishing rods. Uh, they're, the rods are 3060 line rating, um, and they're meant, meant for ground fishing. And I paired it with a, a um, what was it, an Akuma Cortez. What size was that one? Uh, same one I have, 10. Yeah. Is, is it the 10? Yeah. So the, the 10 and the reel is okay. Um, it's a reel that I got. It's a, it's more of a budget reel. It's about 130 bucks. It's uh, pretty quick. The gearing's okay. It gets the fish up. But I will say that on these rods, I absolutely want Torium 20 PGs from Shimano. Uh, they will actually be a winch, and I could probably put like four dropper loops on the thing and bring the haddock up, which would be great. But I have to give these guys a shout out because the rod is beautiful. Um, it's green. It's got Fuji saltwater heavy guides. Um, it's wrapped perfectly uh they harry acid wrapped them for me and um it was just like the perfect stick for haddock fishing uh got my limit and enjoyed every minute of it um from for a rod that has a good amount of backbone to it to bring in these fish up it was super light and just very very well made so i would encourage you to reach out to ledge life tackle if you do want something custom made uh i have two daughters charlie and emma and he actually put each of their names on both of the rods i bought and so that they're going to be their rods when they get a little bit older. But I thought that was a nice touch. So blog coming on that rod soon. And the other thing, too, about Joe and Harry, guys, is that they are commercial ground fishermen. That's what they do for a living, literally jigging for a living. So when they're selling their tackle of rods that they built, it's what they use. It's what they find the best out there for just throwing haddock over the deck. And, and I, that's exactly yeah. it. Like Harry's been a, he's been a custom rod builder for, 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 I mean, a, while, for yeah. a very long time. But, you know, something that's tried, true, and tested and something that they use, uh, you know, they, they're basically the kings of ground fishing in the area. Um, and if you're using anything like what they have going on, then obviously you're, you're using something that's going to do the work and it's going to do it very well. And it wasn't too expensive, right? It was, it was relatively... Uh, the rods retail for two, 250 bucks. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's, a, in my opinion, a lot more affordable than a lot of custom rods out there. And it's uh, super high quality and great customer service, and they're just awesome to work with. It's, you know, it's what do you want on this rod, and they make it happen. Well, I think, I think you know, in particular to yesterday's trip, too, we were out there, and we all went light yesterday. We all had mm-hmm. a real light rod. I was using, for those of my clients, I was actually using our striper rods, uh, the Seigler SGs on the Tsunamis and fishing really, really light uh, weights. And it was an absolute riot catching haddock on those things. I just wish the jigs were a little bit better. But my um, my cycler point, I don't know what it is, the power in that little reel, 
I was because I'm so used to fishing the PG right now, and it's a little wench. You know what I mean? You just those mm-hmm. toriums just pick those fish up, and this is my first time bottom fishing with my SG. I've done it with my LG before, and those are also really great reels. Um, but the SG, the power it had to just be able to sit there and crank it up was amazing. Yeah. And yeah. We were, well, the other cool thing about yesterday too is we only needed ten ounces of lead. Yeah, you know, and we could have gone lighter day. probably when we anchored up too. Yep. Uh, I just didn't have anything lighter than 10. It's very rare you can go that way. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have them for tuna fishing and stuff, but not and shark fishing. But yeah, not. it's always nice when you can hold bottom and you're not scoping out like crazy. One of the best days of haddock fishing I ever had, right? Uh, <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. So we were on Mike's old boat. He had a 24-foot angler. We, we were in college. We were working at CFP at the time. And uh, we get out there, and we'll tell the whole story of how we got out there another time when Mike and Gabe are here in a couple weeks. And um, we get out to Jeffrey's, dude, and it was flat calm. Like, there, we were shark fishing. There was absolutely no drift at all. Our shark, our, I don't think we drifted more than 100 yards all day. And um, that was a time when there'd be a lot of football tuna around. So we all had spinning rods set up when, like, the big, the big uh, lure at the time was, like, a two-ounce crippled herring. So as we're sitting in this shark drift, not going anywhere, baking in the sun, just like dead zone, we started with our spinning rods, our tuna rods, dropping down these two-ounce jigs for nothing. And we were getting banner haddock, man. It was <laughs> wicked fun. It was wicked fun. We had a great day. Oh, Caught a couple sharks, fun. too, which with no drift was, was pretty neat. Oh, do you want to tell them how you missed your pole beagle at the end? Oh, <laughs> another thing about our trip. I tried to forget all about it. Oh, no, Danny. So there's a, rule when, there's a rule when haddock fishing, you know. If you, you obviously you want your HMS permit, but you know if, if bring a shark rig with, with you, um, you want to uh, you want to be ready for something like that because now's the time of year where poor poor beagles are swimming in. Uh, they'll be in the haddock fields, and they will absolutely come and take your bait. And uh, Chris, you want to tell them what happened to you? Yeah, so I texted the guys the night before. I said, Hey, has everyone got a shark rod ready? I'm looking at mine. They're they're not rigged up, and I'm just like, Ah, you know what? Whenever we take a shark rod out for poor beagle sharks, two things happen: either a bait gets bit, a bait gets bitten in half, or just we never get anything. Get it just kind of gets in the way. But you know, it's a bonus rod. I, and a poor beagle is kind of my white whale of sharks. The one shark I haven't got. I've got a couple little ones tuna fishing, but I want to like target them. I don't count count them as going tuna fishing and getting one. But um, <laughs> yeah. So we were on the last fish of the day right we we're trying to get the last one for the limit before we head home yep and i was like oh got it knew it was haddock I had all the head bounces all the things you look for i'm reeling it up finally ready to go home for the day and about halfway up i'm like uh-oh i'm like guys i think i got shocked and you know we were on the high low haddock rig with like 50 pound mono on it and we actually justin got a video yep so we have a good six minute video of me uh, fighting the shark, and I think it was—I think it was hooked broadside, man, because it was when it was running, it was a slow running pull. Like he looked like nothing was bothering him, and then when I did have some chances to kind of work him a little bit, he just would not move up. And I use that rod, my haddock rod, a lot for blue sharks, like pitch bait, and we mm-hmm. catch some sharks in like the 100, 150 pound range with that, and it's not an issue at all. I'm not saying this fish was over 150 pounds. I'm just saying it was heavy and probably caught, like, peck hooked or something like that. Yeah. But um, we, yeah, we got to fight it for a few minutes, and it broke off, which was good because another two minutes I felt like I was going to throw up. <laughs> 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 but it's my white whale, and I screwed up. I wish I brought the uh, I wish I brought the shock rod out. Yeah, It'll I be wonder what, next time. Like, do you think that the spot locking and, and, like, just staying put is what did that? 
You know what? It's kind of interesting you say that because I've always been a guy who drifts for sharking, right? Yeah. But a lot of the people who catch the exotic sharks are tuna fishermen. Like they have mm-hmm. a mako or a thresher or a poor beagle come up in, under their boat and the, they're primarily anchored. And it's either one of two things. They're just in a great spot, obviously, uh, that in a good ambush point where a tuna would lay. You know, those type of sharks are predator sharks. So they're not like blue sharks there. They will go a little bit further and chase bait around where blue sharks are kind of more scavengers. Um, so it's always been like, oh, are they staying in a better period longer? And are those fish just cruising through? And then if I'm throwing out chum, you know, are they coming to the boat? Um I do know this, all my Makos, and actually, uh, that spot, I sent these guys a screenshot of a spot I wanted to try the night before for my Navionics app on my phone. And when I got into my boat and I put the spot on my chart, I actually had a mark right there that said Mako 3. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, actually, I think, Dan, that was the trip with those two guys that you were on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that Mako came out to the boat. The one that would bite, yeah. But um, where was I going with that? Yeah, so we were able to use the technology and go to that high spot that looked pretty good. And I, I think I even said it was, looks very tuna or sharky. And then I saw it on my screen. I'm like, oh, I thought I originally thought that spot was a little bit further north, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I knew there was one around there. I didn't know it was right on that exact spot. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. But all my other makos like that, too. They were all in pretty distinct, like, awesome features that I, you know, happened to drift over, that I try to drift over. So yep. that that's also a part of it. Yep. I wonder if it was, though, that uh, yesterday the, uh, the Haddock Elevator. That it was just attractive. Oh, you know, it definitely was. And, up, and I coming up all in the same spot. And you know what, too? You know what I think about? That's when we first started. That Justin was just about to start cutting. That's when we were um, emptying out the bleed buckets. So we were yeah. cutting our haddock's throats, throwing it in a bucket to bleed it out, and then transferring them into the ice cooler. Yep. So um, we just did a big round of like dumping out three buckets of blood over the side. So mm-hmm. that probably had something to do with it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Must have. And it was that just was exciting. A beautiful day, beautiful day. Oh God, we had service the whole time, so I was listen- we were listening to music the whole time. It was great. Oh, we did. I pretended like we didn't. <laughs> no, yeah, no kidding. Oh, I don't know. My Spotify was working, so that was pretty cool. And then we saw a minky whale. We that did see a whale. Sweet. Yep, there was a whale out there. It's just an awesome day with friends, you know. And it was well, there was more than one boat too, so we were out there having a grand old time. Yeah, we took our boat. It was me, John, Dan, and it was me, Dan, uh, Mike, and Justin. And then John took his boat with his old uh, high school history teacher. So when I was uh, using my slow pitch rod, I had the, the bait down there, and I'm like, oh yes, I had the the bounce is happening. I got a, what I thought was a good size haddock on, and I get the fish all the way up. And for some reason, I'm like the king of the Acadia redfish. I don't know what I do. It's different than anyone else, but this thing weighed about four pounds. It was massive. I wish we had a scale on the boat. It was absolutely enormous. <laughs> yeah. It was bigger than the one you caught a couple of weeks ago, oh, which, which was a banger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This thing looked like uh, I kept holding up like a largemouth bass fisherman who just won a tournament. The thing was yeah. huge. <laughs> so it's been good, man. Now that it's twenty, now that we started our season of actually fishing, I've been trying to get shad fishing, but every time I get a chance, it's too freaking windy. I was going to go twice today, and it was just so windy out. Um, hopefully, I'll give it a shot tomorrow. I yeah. think, uh, and, uh, you know, Eric Roach, who was on our podcast a couple of weeks ago, last week, the same day as our fishing flea market, or fishing fair, 
He uh, did a rock, organized a Rocks Village cleanup. He does it every year. And this year he partnered with the Merrimack Watershed Council. And by all accounts, they had a really great turnout. Uh, I wish we could have been there. We were setting up for our show. So we're going to look for other alternative ways to help them because Eric was a great guy to come on our podcast. And uh, he's really passionate about shad fishing and fishing in general in this area. So um, yep, be on the lookout for that next year, guys. Yep, absolutely. And I can appreciate his, um, his want and need to preserve the fishery and clean up too. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about what we're doing with Mouths of the Merrimack here. we got a few yep. things in the works. So first thing, guys, again, thank you to all our members that have signed up. Um, you guys have been great. We've been getting some awesome feedback. Um, for those of you that don't know, one of the big aspects of the, um, of the membership is our private forum. And we're trying to get that going a little bit more. I'm going to make a little video probably tonight. Um, just to kind of show people how to navigate and sign up for it because uh, we've had a, met a couple great relationships <laughs> on there already. We've had some great ideas for content that we're working on. Some of the podcast ideas coming up um, the next few weeks are strictly from these guys. Actually, I think we're going to bring one of our members on. He had a good one. He wanted to interview us. Yep. And uh, again, we're starting to build that community. We got people coming up with products that we want to share. We got local businesses donating things to raffles. Uh, first out of was Surfland. Uh, Mike Hogg, who was on the podcast last week, the owner of Crossroads Bait and Tackle, he's got a sweet, sweet little uh, early season striper setup package he, he donated to us to give out to our members. And so I'm going to talk about that one first. So, uh, guys, what we're going to be doing, we're going to be dropping out um, on, with this podcast our schoolie kit from Mike Hogg. At, uh, actually, it's not really a schoolie kit. He's got some big lures in there, too, Yeah. Um, from, from Crossroads Tackle. And it's probably about $120 worth of stuff. And we're just going to ask that you like, share, and subscribe. You know, come aboard, and you have an opportunity to make twice your money back than what you spend on it for the year. Yep. So starting today, if you were, if you go on and you like our Miles on the Merrimack Facebook page, um, and if you share the page with your friends and then subscribe um, as a member, then you will be entered into the contest. And all of our current, con um, all of our current members are already entered in. So thank you very much for your support. Uh, we're going to run it over the course of two weeks. And at the end of the two weeks, we will we will draw randomly draw our name for someone that's going to take home the package. It'll be just in time for schoolies. Yeah, so you'll have a whole box all loaded up, ready to go. And, you know, Mike's a great guy. We've always been a big supporter of Crossroads, and they have us. We've had a great relationship. Actually, all these tackle shops have been really phenomenal. Absolutely. They've all wanted to get involved. We got um, – and um, – Again, we're just kind of building the community up, getting everybody on the same page, and getting excited about fishing. You could tell, man, people were excited at that show. <laughs> Absolutely. Everyone was jacked up. Part of that, too, was like really, this stuff hasn't really been happening because of COVID. You know, it's kind of like the first year. Everyone's mm. back together. And, and the sense of community, man, you know, that's why we started this, and that's what it's all about. And, um, yeah, just... And um, something to be appreciated for sure. I almost didn't make it. Well, no, I don't want to say that. But I was getting worried that I w wouldn't be able to go because I actually had been really sick the past week, starting on Sunday of last week mm -hmm. up till about Thursday. Um, and I kept testing myself for COVID. And luckily, I, I didn't have it. And um, I felt better on Thursday afternoon, Friday. And yeah, we were able to make the show go off without a hitch. But uh yeah, it was a bad few days. It took me like four days to write one blog, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen again. That's out of my system, and you know, now we can start cranking out way more blogs and stuff like that, and way more videos. Justin's got a ton of cool video on his GoPro. He's going to try to send it over to me today. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the content that we're going to be putting out over the course of the next few months as things get going. Um, you know, the, the fishing season is... Uh, 
it provides that provides content for us to give to you. So, yeah, I think everything that people get out there now is just all the winter reading. You know, I'm trying mm-hmm. to come up with some things a little off kilter, a little bit different. But it's really gonna once we can be able to start fishing and go do what we do. Yeah, uh, that's when it's really gonna turn on. I am just really excited. This whole experience has been a lot of fun so far. Yep. Yeah. So after the show, we uh, rendezvoused at the Beach Coma to uh, discuss, you know, bringing mouths of the Merrimack further and what we can do to, uh, you know, basically have some fun with you guys. And um, we've decided to put together a pretty awesome tournament. And um, Chris, do you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, so we were thinking about what kind of fun events that we could do during the season. We have a lot planned for the winter months, but during the season, we're, we're all kind of busy and it's kind of hard to run. But um, we wanted to run some sort of tournament. And as we were talking, obviously, we're not going to do a tuna tournament. There's three of them now, and that's kind of not my deal. And yeah. striper tournaments have kind of gone the way the way of the dodo bird with the new regulations and people being more conservation-minded. So that's primarily all we can kind of fish for up here. So we thought, what would be a fun tournament? And we decided to come up with Fish Bingo. B-I-N-G-O, B-I-N-G-O, and Bingo was his name. Oh. So here's the deal. We said it kind of goofing around, but as we kept talking about it, we thought it would be a lot of fun. So I just finished today creating the self-chatering bingo cards. And let me tell you something, it ain't easy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that's over with. But uh, basically what it is, we have 25 different species on this card, ranging from freshwater to saltwater to inshore to offshore, all locally available on the Massachusetts coasts. Anybody can participate and have a chance to win because you don't need to catch all the fish. You need to catch the ones that give you five in a row, either diagonally, uh, horizontally, or vertically. All right? So here's what we propose to you guys. Here's how we're going to run it. We're going to charge 10 bucks a head, Okay. We're going to send you an email with your card. You're going to have your card on you, and you're going to be able to um, take pictures of a fish that you catch. Just make sure it has a timestamp. When you get five in a row, you're going to email us your card with your pictures. And if you're not full of shit, then you win a really great prize. It's not confirmed the exact amount just yet. Our guy's got to talk to the big guy before he works. But... Hudson's Outboard is going to give out a really healthy gift certificate to the first person who completes the fish bingo. Oh, my God. I could spend so much money in that store. Oh, God. It would be very helpful with the generous donation that he's given us. So. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it's awesome. So, obviously, in a bingo card, the center, center is free. Um, there are there is no limit to how many bingo cards you want to buy. That's Every the one other of them thing. will be different. Everyone's random. So, if you want to buy more than one, you can buy as many as you want. Yep, and it's a very obtainable. It's a very very obtainable. Um, you know everything from all the species in the river right down to some of the sweetwater fish that we find in some of the ponds around here. It's all there, um, and we look forward to getting this thing going because I think it's going to be a, a blast. Well, I sent uh, I sent Fallon the um, the draft. Right, I showed it to him, and he just responds with, "I would have won it three times last year." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, on this card." And I go, "Would it have taken you all year?" And he's like, "Actually, yeah." But Mike, Mike's a little different. He fishes up here. He fishes down at the Cape. He freshwater fishes. He salt. He inshores. He offshores. He fishes every day. So yeah, he's just a fisherman. Yeah, he go. He does literally go for all these. But we want to see who else is out there. Who could be? 
the fish bingo. What I really think that's cool about it, right, is like say I'm playing fish bingo and say I got my striper, say I got my blue shark, say I got my red fish, I got my haddock, and I have one more in my row. And that one more in my row is a tatog. And we don't really have tatog up here where Mm -hmm. you can go target them. Maybe that would motivate me to go down to the Cape for a day or Rhode Island and throw a line offshore and try something different. Maybe yep. get a couple guys and book a charter down there or up here if you need to go get that blue shark. See, on the flip side, <laughs> I'm all about that easy money. So if I was in the tournament, I would definitely want that one row that just has the sunfish, the largemouth bass, the smallmouth bass, the pike, and the striper. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You can get Every, that done in a day. It, it's not so much <laughs> catching the fish that's going to be difficult. It's trying to get them... In the order of the bingo card. Exactly. And everybody's is going to be different. Every one that we give out is going to be different. So one of the things that we want to do as we're doing this tournament, we're going to have on our private forum for the people that are members, we're going to go on there and talk smack and have fun and post pictures and just make it like a cool thing. Again, it's something that everybody really can do. You can go out there and try to catch a row or a column or try to fill up the whole thing. So... I don't know. We were, we had a lot of fun talking about it. We we brought the idea to Steve at Hudson's, who great guy, um, does an awesome shop. I get all my boating stuff there now. Um, if he doesn't have it, he can get it for you. He can get it cheaper. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a great guy. He calls you. He lets you know when things are in. He's one of my favorite people in the marine industry to work with. Yep, I have a rule with Steve. If you can get it at West Marine, go to Steve first. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because he just knows what he's talking about. He puts a lot of effort in, mm-hmm. and um, he's got great prices and deals, and he's, he's really good for the community. And, again, I can't thank him enough for reaching out and wanting to do something with us exactly at the time that we were talking about this tournament. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Um, so we got two things coming up in the next well, the first couple of weeks here. We're going to do the Crossroads Bait and Tackle uh, like subscribe and share raffle and then we're going to do the tournament of bingo bingo yep. fish tournament. and we're looking to kick off the bingo tournament on memorial day weekend uh so anytime between now and then you can reach out for your bingo card um how do you how, how do you want to do this chris you send it paypal yeah link? best thing to do is um tonight i'm going to go on the computer and make a page with all the details and a paypal link so if you want to do it you click on the paypal link throw over your 10 bucks We'll email you your random bingo card. You're in. If you're a member, okay, you can please go into our forum and just tell us that you're in. You're ready to go. And uh, have some fun with it. Share some pictures. And let's see if we can uh, get this going. Yep. And please make sure you have the date on your photos. We don't want any controversy or anyone complaining. Yeah, best thing to do, take it with your phone and screenshot it with with the date. Uh, on top so perfect yeah man i think we're looking a lot of fun and then also you know we got charter season you know i'm gonna start chartering next week and um I, i'm gonna go shad fishing this week i'm on vacation right now so i just need the weather to come in <laughs> after listening to eric that's all i've been thinking about since rissa's going out there and hammering shad <laughs> i would like to get a couple myself i'm, I'm gonna find my way out there Eventually. yeah probably saturday morning yeah hopefully so yep. all right guys well we just kind of wanted to give you an update kind of like where we're at some of the things that we're doing with miles of the merrimack um some of our fishing stories and just uh yeah just wanted to say thank you for everything it's been a great start and we're just hoping to move it forward yep absolutely so just another little recap uh ledge life tackle those fishing rods are awesome reach out to harry or joe to talk about getting one of those um highly 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 recommend uh buying one of his rods they're outstanding quality and um yeah it's uh it's good to good to see everyone we want to thank 
all of our members. We want to thank everyone that came to the fishing fair. We want to thank Crossroads Bait and Tackle. We want to thank Surfland and uh, Hudson's Outboard for helping get it, all this get get all this together. And uh, we look forward to, for what's uh, to come in the future. Absolutely, guys. And don't remember, with this podcast, we're going to share a post um, to get into the Crossroads Bait and Tackle uh, membership uh, raffle. So remember, like, share, and become a member of the Muslim Merrimack for only $7 a month. You already have a lot of opportunities here to make that money back in all the raffle prizes and contests that we're running. All right? Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Have a good week. Signing out.